Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast, August 19th, one of Star Trek's biggest icons, or celebrity fans, or both, will be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. Today's quote is read by Star Trek The Next Generation's Ensign Wesley Crusher, actor Will Wheaton. You are just a visitor here in this time, in this place, a traveler through it. What a difference this makes. As a traveler here, it no longer crushes you that this world is not always fair or orderly or understandable. Welcome back to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. How fabulous is Will Wheaton's reading, by the way. (laughs) Also, if you guys have not heard him narrate the book Ready Player One, Mm. you must. It is an amazing, fun popcorn read, but his narration elevates it to something I listen to over and over again. Uh, Anyway, we want to welcome our guest again, Sharon. I see. I have you got it, girl. You got it, Sharon (laughs) Melton. I keep messing up her name, you guys. That's why I'm hesitating. Hearts to you anyway. Hearts to you anyway. Ah, She's so sweet, and of course, my co-host Trent. We want to dive right into this this quote. There's a lot here. I just want to throw it in and say it does. It should make a difference, and it should uh, make us feel better that we're just a visitor here. Mm-hmm. And yet, it, it it's still because we have ego attachment. I'll speak for myself. I have ego attachment. I told you guys in the last episode. I'm studying Latin, and you know, I am is ego. <laughs> the word ego represents I in Latin. And um, so in this quote, what struck me right away listening to it, Sharon, was uh, sometimes we got to take our own ego out of stuff, right, to actually see it for what it is instead of my own desire, my own will. What do you parse this quote as? I looked at this quote and I thought to myself, I mean, how deep and introspective it is for Gene Roddenberry with all of his quotes. But this one reminds me of something that I think of a lot. Time goes on and on. It did before I showed up. It will (laughs) after I leave. My moment in time is what I'm going to make of it. So all of the other things that are happening around me that may get me down, I can't let it because my moment is so short that no matter what others do, what other people say, how they treat me, while I should treat them better than they treat me, which I try to do, don't know what's happened, but I try. Um, My moment, I'm gonna make the best of my moment. And that's what I get from this. Because if we don't, and everything, the adversities that come our way, the negativity, if we spend all of our time and our moment on that, 
we've wasted this precious opportunity to do something amazing with our moments. That's what this quote says to me. And the word traveler is so dynamic, right? It's like, um, it's an active word to, to travel. You have to, to do it. You have to go places. Or if we're talking about uh, here in this time and place, it makes it seem like time is a, is a static thing and, and we're moving from, from place to place or it's moving around us. Uh, so I love the, the, the dynamicness of the word traveler. Um, and what's interesting is, uh, so uh, Will Wheaton played Wesley Crusher in Star Trek The Next Generation. And over the course of his character development on the series, he started out as a young ensign, very naive, brilliant, intelligent, but really naive. He's a, he was a kid. And he grew up over the course of the series where he attracted uh, the attention of a character called the Traveler. And the Traveler wasn't being who traveled through time and space. And without getting the whole sort of scenario or the, the long story short, he chose Wesley uh, to become a traveler as well. So when, when Will reads this as a Star Trek fan, it definitely has that extra layer of meaning because uh, he's speaking as a human to us all here as, as Will Wheaton, but as Wesley Crusher, he became a traveler who actually traversed time and space in the world of star trek he became a time lord kind of like yeah Doctor who, that's my dream by the way it's literally in my bio where i say i'm a time traveler where's your tardis and let's go i'm ready <laughs> uh, it's just off camera um but but it does actually strike me a little of doctor who with this because he was just a visitor right everywhere he went and um in this quote, it says, we're just visitors, right? Which takes away some of our ownership of, of the planet and, and of life. It takes away that, like, well, it has to be done the way I say. Because we don't have, it's, it becomes a we. It becomes an us. It becomes less I mm -hmm. than all of us. And so the second part, as a traveler here, it is. it no longer crushes you that this world is not always fair or orderly or understandable. In some ways, this reminds me of, um, let's say, if you were to travel to the Mideast right now, you would have to go by those rules, mm -hmm. right? Even though they're different than America. And you might even have to do away with some of your judgment or go beyond your judgment and understand that difference. And even if you wouldn't want it in your own home country, but understand that there are different consequences over there and different forms of dress and respect for where you're at. So for me, this is a quote about when you're, when I'm visiting or traveling or I'm at someone's house visiting, I'm much more respectful of their stuff than I am my own, right? Mm -hmm. When I'm home. So seriously, like I'm going to hang their towel up perfectly. And so it's a, it's kind of about respecting this earth a little bit and not taking it so personally, right? Because that's the thing, something I think a lot of us do, something goes wrong or doesn't go the way we want. And we're like, everybody hates me. Everybody's out to get me. We personalize it. It's not personal, right? Most of the time. It just is different than we would want it to be. Um, and I will say this for my own life. It's it's rarely neat or tied up in a bow. And it's rarely just one straight shot up. It's it's a spiral up and a spiral down constantly. You know what I mean? Like one, one accomplishment and then maybe a setback that spirals me down and then back up and then back up. So it, it, it's also about, for me, letting go of attachment to what I think things should be, mm -hmm. you know, in, in that sense of I am attached to this is the way it should be. And if it's not, I'm going to be super upset. 
So letting go of some of my own attachments is is what this quote reminds me of. Any thoughts, you guys? Well, but it also reminds me of this, and I love the way you put that, Rachel, and Trent as well, but the problem is also, and this is what I, I emphasize on, when he says, when I look at it, he says, no longer crushes you that this world is not always fair, orderly, understandable. There are other travelers who hold on to that. And so they can't experience the true joy of what being a traveler is because this burden is sitting on their chest or on their back. And they're worried about their future. They're worried about their family, which is understandable because we're human beings. But sometimes letting that go makes is even harder for a traveler than just trying to take that trip and not worry about that next step. And then you have travelers who don't care an iota about anything and want to destroy everything that we also have to cope with, too. So that's another reminder of all of this, too. Just saying. <laughs> Trent? Yeah, I like the way when you mentioned, like, as a traveler, we're guests, guests in someone's home or guests in another country. And to uh, Sharon's point, some people are terrible travelers. They're, you know, the I don't want to say the ugly American, but the ugly Americans out there who barge into, you know, a, a destination and they're loud. They expect it to be exactly the way that they are used to and the way that they want it. And, you know, the food and, and the customs and the language and all of that. Um, so it, it to me, it's like. Yes, we are visitors and travelers, but what kind of travelers do we want to be? Do we want to be the respectful kind or do we want to be the the loud, uncaring, immovable kind. And I, I don't want to be that. Um, we talked earlier about like you find treasures in diversity, like as you travel, these are part of the treasures that you can collect in the act of traveling to different places. And uh, the best way to have access to those treasures and to, to that uh, diversity of thought or food or culture is to be respectful and uh, welcoming with open arms or at least with an open mind and an open heart as opposed to expecting it to be the way that you want it to be or or thought it would be and yeah which reminds me Trent of the way that children are when you're a very young child you know uh, you reach sort of an age of enlightenment or age of consciousness around seven right but up until then you are literally uh, the entire universe mm -hmm. right everything revolves around you maybe your mom or whoever your parent or, you know, adult figure around you is the sun. But you are Earth. You are the entire soul. And But once you get a little older, you have to strip that away. And you have to realize, oh, I might have another sibling. Oh, my parents have their own needs that don't involve me, right? You start to see things bigger than your own needs. And this quote just keeps reminding me of that. Because if we stay in that juvenile place of, I want it now. Or I want it now, daddy. You know, like... That is very selfish and doesn't really get, I want a lot of things I can't get. So accepting doesn't mean I'm not still striving towards them, right? But if I was still stuck in, but I didn't get this and it's not the way I want, that's actually how I'd sound like a little brat, right? Instead of understanding that each step forward, each thing I got or did not get is part of this, this trip I'm on, man, this trip through earth, right? It and if you continue to be that stubborn, bratty type of person, you're going to be disappointed all the time. You're never going to be happy. You're going to be know. constantly. I know some people who are super bratty and super happy. No, I'm not saying they're happy, but <laughs> they seem to get what they want, you know, a lot more than some of some of the rest of us. But 
there's another lesson, right? It's it's in not comparing my my traveler's journey uh, to theirs because I don't know what other things I don't know what their life is like behind closed doors. And that's something we forget. We look at the outside and we go, oh, it's so perfect. But Mm -hmm. whether it's my own travels internally and myself or out in the world, I'm constantly confronted with things I do not understand, I don't think are fair and are not orderly. So part of being a a human and a, a conscious sentient human is to be able to parse some of these things and handle our own disappointment, but then see that disappointment perhaps even as an opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. Haven't we all had things that went wrong and had the biggest opportunity come out of that thing that we think? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. All the time, all the time. And and also just reminding ourselves to respect other travelers. Maybe he was saying that as well. And that's what I'm picking up. I'm looking back over this quote over and over in order to, to remember about getting rid of things that are not necessarily fair or, as you mentioned, or orderly or understandable. If we start respecting all travelers, maybe we can get past that. And that's yeah, when the week comes the, back. Who's the real traveler? Who's the exactly. real alien here? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, who, who, who's to say? Or, and, and one of my pet peeves, and I'm sure I brought it up before, is why is it when white people go to another country, they're expats? But everyone who comes here is an immigrant. I don't like the semantics and the word play on that. That is all part of critical race theory, if you ask mm-hmm. me. Because, Trent, your people, when they come to this country, which was their country, it was all borderless at one point, they're immigrants. They're not or, called or Ill- Or illegal aliens. Oh, even worse. You're yeah. so right, of course. Illegal aliens. And I, you know, as a kid, I bring this up to say expat. Sounds like kind of a cool word, man. Mm-hmm. You're an expat. Immigrant, not so cool. So it's our language and verbiage as travelers, too, and the things we abuse these words with that are important, right? Because that's not really orderly, uh, fair, or understandable that we look down on people with <laughs> people with some melanin in their skin who go mm-hmm. to another guy. So all these things are part of being a visitor and being a traveler and dissecting it for ourselves, you know, because a lot of Americans go to, uh, this quote is about the world and yes. the universe and the galaxy, not Most just certainly. about this planet, But I do know a lot of people go to other countries and then get really mad. It's not exactly like they want. And that's what this quote is speaking to. It's not supposed to be just like America or your little hometown here. It's supposed to be different. So you learn and grow and expand your your horizons. Any uh, thoughts before we wrap this one up, Trent? I mean, I would say being that kind of traveler that kind of prepares us like so as travelers we are quote unquote aliens in another country that that this is like a primer for how we can prepare for space travel you know if we really do want to travel amongst the stars by the 23rd century 24th century we're gonna have to learn these lessons now so we have the opportunity trend in the 90s when i went to europe i we would put a canadian stick Mm-hmm. We yeah. put a Canadian yeah. patch on our backpacks. Yes. To not, not be associated with the ugly American thing. I get that. A little bit. And and just be, first of all, I didn't want to be a target, right? Mm-hmm. From other people who knew I was American. But sure, on. do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. That? I mean, I, I have traveled a number of places. But the thing I also reminded myself is that I also, when I did travel as an American, I would take it upon myself to try to change the minds of others I was meeting about what Americans really are. 
But did you feel like you had to be an ambassador as a yes. person or as a black woman? Like, both. How do the yeah both? both. Because, that would be my guess. <laughs> yeah, all the time. Well, and also then they would get confused if I was from not the United States or if I was from the Dominican Republic or I was from Africa because they look at me uh, and they have already right. had stereotypes of what a black person is in the United States based on movies that they've seen. And then it's like, okay, which person am I going to be today? Which traveler am I going to be today? And all the negativity that a traveler comes with, I got to push that away and put on this hat or this hat or this hat. So yeah, I'm like the United Nations everywhere I'm traveling half the time. Do you, do you know when I was in South Africa, I was actually like, I was like, how do I feel about this? The fact that the Africans there were calling me a coconut and I was like, what is that? <laughs> and they they said, oh, you're, you're black on the outside and white on the inside. <laughs> so they called me a coconut. Yeah. And I was like, that ain't right. Uh, <laughs> but... It is what it is, you know, as far as traveling. And I didn't actually overpersonalize when they said that. I went, this is a cultural difference. Exactly. And that's fine. Ish. Ish. Anyway, you guys, we could talk about this one, like all these quotes, for much longer. But if you guys want to see the video for these, you can head to the Roddenberry social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Any final thoughts, Trent? Now, I just want to thank uh, Sharon for another great conversation today. And we have her for a few more episodes this week. Uh, and, <laughs> and we hope you'll join us tomorrow for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us, post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.